You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. What's going on, everybody? This is Colin with. Hey, everyone. It's Elliot. And this is episode number 72. And we are going to talk about everything Kona. Uh, as of this recording here, what, it's Wednesday, a couple days after the race. We're both back at home and back to reality here and uh, ready to recap here, huh, buddy? Yep. It was a busy week. Definitely a busy week, especially no for so. you. Actually, for me too. But I wasn't, I didn't have as many commitments as you. But you kept very busy. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can go into that in more detail for sure. But uh, uh, so, when did you get to the island? I got to the island. We left Thursday. Um, so what was that? Nine, ten days before the race. We had we had some relatives in Hilo, and we stayed with them for three days. Did some training out there, avoided all the big crowds for a few days, and then headed over to Kona for the practice swim on Sunday. That's right. I did do the practice swim. Yeah, and uh, so Becca was with you the whole time, huh? Yep. So Becca and I both did the practice swim, and yeah, swam really well there, fifty-eight twenty. So that was a big PR on the course. Yeah. And yeah, Becca swam a 64 minute swim. So she did really well too. So she's kind of, uh, she kind of has the Kona itch right now. Oh yeah. At well, least for the swim portion. The swim and then she rode lots of the course too, like during the week. So, right. Yeah. She much I mean, I think, it, right? yeah. So one day we, we, uh, drove, drove to Kauai High and we did that to Hilo and back and then the next day she did her long ride from downtown Kona went all the way to Kauai High and back nice yeah so yeah cool. she got to experience most of the course not not lots of the running course but yeah she uh she spectated up on the Queen K though so she knows what it's all about all right right that's true so your 58 minute swim was that uh an all-out effort it was an all out of effort at first. And then, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I wanted to see if I could just hold that kind of effort. And yeah, I was pretty gassed at the end and really slowed down like the back half. So, but oh, really? I thought How, race day, uh, if was I, there a lot of people that raced it. Yeah. And a lot of bandits too. So I, I guess it sold out. out. Yeah. yeah. And I think there were like 800 people doing it. Plus huh, all the okay. bandits. I don't right. know why they capped it like that, but yeah. yeah and it was, 
it had kind of the same feeling as like a, the race day swim. I mean, I started in the front and it was a mass start and yeah, just tons Did of people. Did you see some of the pros doing it? Yeah. Or a lot of, a lot yep. of pros do it or? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, good experience. Uh, it's kind of nice to like get in that water, do the swim, not a lot of pressure and kind of have like that race mentality where everyone kind of goes semi-hard. Right. No doubt. That's cool. Nice. Um, all right, cool. Well, I, yeah, I was busy uh, traveling to Kona that day and uh, had one of my flights get delayed. And then there, that caused me to miss my little quick flight over from Honolulu to Kona. So uh, I think I ended up having like a 26-hour travel day. So that was a real kick in the nuts. And here I am sure. complaining about my Seattle to <laughs> Kona flight. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'd prefer them be reversed. My flights home were totally smooth and nice, but uh, not so much on the way there. And then uh, my housing wasn't available until Monday. So I had ended up staying with uh, one of my clients, Matt Nussbaum. Thanks. Shout out again to him for letting me stay there. But uh, I got there way later and um, his... He was there with his wife and it was kind of a smaller place and they had to kind of wait up for me. And, um, you know, it wasn't a ton of privacy, I guess you could put it that way. Um, so I felt a little bit bad crashing their pad there like that. And I was, she actually got in that day as well. Matt had been out for a little bit earlier. Um, so it was their first night together, but, uh, I did anyways. <laughs> I remember I had to do that one year. I crashed your house with you Kristen mine, right. and I think you were with Calvin at the time. Calvin too. was there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sleeping on your but, floor. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but then um, once we got out there, definitely a busy week for sure. So Monday, let's see. Wait, all, wait hold on. We, all... had to, we had to rescue you from the airport. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That's true. So, so, you know, I, I, get in pretty late. Um, I tried to get, uh, both an Uber or, um, a, uh, geez, I am still tired, a Lyft. Um, and I couldn't get anybody to pick me up. I was in like the taxi line and they weren't coming or like, there was like three of them that came. And then all of a sudden when I got to the front of the line, I couldn't get one. And, um, so then I, I called, I called you, right. Or I texted you. Yeah. I don't know. And, um, your uncle happened to be getting into town at the same time, flying in and he had rented a car, but it was just a sedan and he had his daughter with him and all their luggage. And I obviously had my bike and all that fun stuff. So we crammed my bike and most of my luggage in the back seat in a and car we had in a car. <laughs> right. And then I got to share the front seat with his daughter, who I had never met. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had to cram it pretty good. It definitely uh, had my bad hip, like, totally impinged the whole time. It was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I got a ride. I got out of there. And that was extremely helpful. Big, uh, big shout out to uh, Elliot's family for uh, all the accommodations for me, but uh, especially to his uncle for picking me up and... Uh, and give me a ride there. That was awesome. So uh, thank you, Uncle Derek. Um, so, yep. Don't want to miss that, do we, Elliot? <laughs> nope. <laughs> but then, 
Uh, slept relatively well, definitely not as long as I would have liked. Uh, didn't I think get to bed till what? Uh, it was at least 1030, almost 11 Hawaiian time. So that's like usually when I'm, that's a little bit later than when I'm waking up normally at <laughs> home. Um, so it was a little bit, a little bit off, but I actually woke up feeling surprisingly good um, on that day there. So um, went and got the race packets, got to see people, um, you know, and floating around town, got my moped and uh got ready for the uh festivities let's see and we uh we didn't wait we, we didn't hang out that day do we no no um but uh you were uh that's right you went to the pool you minus that that the open water swim race you were in the pool all week right yeah yeah which may have been a smart move i don't know man <laughs> yeah we'll get to it later but we will we will <laughs> Well, we'll make sure that that part makes the episode here. Well, the sure, pool was very crowded all week. I think. Yeah. It's the town in general was. I mean, I think it's always. I have you ever been to that pool? Yeah, did you, can you compare did, it to other years? Was that the one like downtown near the kind of near the pier? Yeah, right off of yeah. Kuikini. So I think I think I've only swam there once, and um, it wasn't really like it was busy, but I think I shared a lane with somebody. Um, didn't even have to circle swim or anything, but, um, yeah, but it was, it was crowded. I mean, what, what was your yeah, sense overall? The week? Did you, did you feel like it was that much more crowded this year than years past? Not really, because I mean, other than eating out with, uh, the team on Tuesday at Lava Java, which we were able to get a table right away at lunchtime. Right. Exactly. I didn't feel like it was that much busier. I really didn't either. I mean, you know, there's definitely a lot of people there, but I feel like that's just the way it is. All the, and I think people just stayed further out. I mean, I know a lot of people stayed at like Waikoloa area where, yeah. whereas like in previous years, I think they stayed in town. Right. Because yeah. it was hard to find places, but yeah. And I think in general, I think people were just spread out more. And as far as like the huge crowds, I mean, other than after the race, when we were waiting in line to get those acai bowls, I mean, that was like the only line I stood in. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good, good week leading up to it. And, uh, lots of events. Um, we did hang out or I had dinner at your place. Uh, one of those nights here, not Tuesday, must've been Wednesday. I know I got to write a, uh, I got to write a report really quickly because I'm going to forget all of this stuff. There's just I know so many things it we was, did. <laughs> it was a blur for sure. But a lot of, uh, it was cool, but a lot of Everyman Jack uh, events and things like that as well. Um, but did go to the Felt event, which was pretty cool, where they kind of talked about the history of their bike and the new Felt IA um, 2.0. That's that's pretty cool, and what they kind of have in plans here, development moving forward. So uh, that was neat. And um, Braden Curry was there, and um, yeah. That was uh, a busy day. And prior to that, um, a lot of the Peak slash Northeast Multisport members uh, and I did a group swim with Carlin uh, Pipes Nielsen, or Carlin Pipes, she goes by now, um, who's a swim coach that lives on the island and uh, travels around quite a bit. And uh, I think that was a game changer for me. Um, so we ended up meeting at the pier and um, just did a refresher. I remember, I think she was really 
instrumental and definitely has always been kind of a big piece of the fundamentals and what I teach um, and the kind of the position that I that I recommend. But uh, I think it had been a while since somebody had looking at taken a look at my stroke and it was really good just to get a little feedback, made a couple tweaks and um, right away. Um, so that was Tuesday. I think I swam um, a relatively long swim on Thursday and was like five or six seconds per hundred faster, um, even in that swim here. And so uh, it was a big confidence boost and just some good things to focus on. And she gave us some cool kind of course recommendations, where to start, expectations, stuff like that. So um, that worked out really well. I felt like it was, you know, I wanted to do something with the team. And I thought that would be something cool to do um, right before we went to lunch. And um, yeah, that was a great experience. So um, that was good. Um, you went out and checked out Javi, right? As well, yeah. you got out and rode the more yeah. This was the first portion of the coast. Yeah, uh, this was the first course, year right? I uh, came out early. I usually get in pretty late. I mean, you usually beat me there, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was kind of nice to turn on the course and just do some riding out there before the race. So I usually right. never really got to do that. Yeah, how hot <laughs> did it feel leading into the race? Um. Not bad. I mean, that, that hobby ride kind of scared me. It was really windy that day. We went kind of in the middle of the afternoon and it was, that was probably the hottest ride. So I guess that probably didn't give me too much confidence and it was really windy. I mean, just kind of scary to get on your arrow bars. So I guess it was good practice in case race day was like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, but then for those not aware for some reason this was a two-day race event here so the females and um decent portion of the men i had actually i think you know so peak had 14 total athletes including our coaches there and i believe nine of them raced on thursday um yeah. and um only a couple of those were women so um there's some of the older uh men age groups uh did uh did race in that one and um it was cool we got to uh hang out that's right i did volunteer in the morning hung out with jan Ferdano for a few minutes uh in the the hotel lobby um as he was watching the swim start of the the women's race and then you and i um shot down to what was that like mile two yeah and just the beginning five, of the run yeah two and five or something like that and ended up uh hanging out right next to dave scott and kind of uh kicking it with him for a few minutes as well yeah so that's cool no no name dropping here at all yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah you know everybody well, i think that's the cool thing down. about our sport i mean there i mean everyone talks to you and it's just i think that's the magic of kona is like you see all the pros they talk to you you get pictures with them i mean it's a really cool experience yeah. I mean, at the same time, you know, for those that have follow Lionel Sanders and, you know, he had his videos every day. One thing I did notice is how like, you know, I mean, I guess it could have been the way that uh, that it was filmed, but uh, they were showing like kind of how many people were trying to get autographs and pictures and stuff like that with him. Right. Getting getting out, out of after uh, breakfast with Bob. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, it's comical, but at the same time, I do think that there is 
you know, more of a celebrity status being built for our pros here, you know, which I think is ultimately a good thing. Yeah. Um, but especially for the big dogs like Lionel. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so did you end up catching any more of the, uh, the Thursday event? Um, so my family all volunteered it for the, they were finish line catchers, but not that much. I just kind of, I wanted to stay out the heat of the day. It was kind of hot just standing out in the run course for that small amount of time. Yeah, it was, (laughs) it was hot out there. Um, but, uh, it was cool to see. And, um, yeah. What did you, uh, what did you think of the pro race? Really cool. I mean, I wish I got to see more of it. I kind of wish I, <laughs> I raced the day or the, the first race so I could kind of watch like the pro race, like in full in like live in person. But well, yeah. What, was... what were your thoughts on the female race? <laughs> oh, really, really cool. Really competitive surprises like Kona always is. And, um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I think the women's field is getting very competitive and it really was like, I mean, for the first time I I felt like there were packs on the bike and I don't know. I just feel like they're a lot closer together now Yeah, compared to previous years. I think that's fair to say. I mean, so obviously the the big story was uh, Chelsea uh, Sedaro there um, taking the win. So uh, first time an Americans won since uh, what was it ninety eight ninety six somewhere in there right? Um, something been a very long time. So that was very cool to see, and she just absolutely crushed the run. Um, you know, I don't th- or yeah, I guess there was um, Annie. Annie looks like the only top pro that broke three hours besides Chelsea who um Anne ran just under 258 and Chelsea ran just on or under 252 so she really just crushed the run and when we we saw her right she looked so strong and yeah I remember when everyone when everyone got out of t2 you're like I'll ask you who's gonna win you're like oh Danielle's got it yep I will definitely <laughs> think you know um I had my money on Danielle at that I mean in general leading into the race and I thought she, you know, slowly creeped through the the field and um, headed out onto to the run with a lead, and I thought it was her day. But uh, it was very easy for us to figure out uh, when she came through the aid station for the second time, right near where we were spectating, that she was definitely not going to be winning that race. She was already slowing up substantially, and um, you know, significantly trying to cool herself down. And um, it was definitely Chelsea's race, and um, you know. Kudos big time to Lucy Charles Barclay for, um, you know, coming off the injury and uh, leading a lot of the race and uh, really having a solid day for her, what, fourth, second place or something like that? Yeah, second place. Yeah, fourth, second place. I know, but fourth fourth time, yeah. Yeah. So someday she'll she'll get that top spot. I think next year could be that year, but uh, uh, pretty interesting there. But for the... Age groupers. Um, so again, had nine folks out there. So it was busy. Definitely want to try and support everybody. I ended up hanging out uh, kind of right in front of Lava Java, which is a little right around mile one on the run course. So figured that would be a good spot to uh, 
give people some motivation. You know, if I want to grab a little video, they'd still be fresh, you know? <laughs> um, so that worked out really well and was able to see, um, I think everybody at some point in the early stages of the run, which is awesome. So, um, yeah, that was, that was cool. And, um, you know, definitely a, a good day overall, but again, spent a little bit more time on my feet than I probably would have preferred and, um, was kind of always doing something that day as well. So, yeah. And I mean, yeah. my family made a comment because I wasn't out there that much that day, but my family made a comment because they, they were there both for both days, kind of out there all day. And they said the crowds were a lot bigger on Saturday compared to Thursday, but mm. I think a lot of the, I just think a lot of the Saturday racers were just kind of watching inside. Staying in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did add an interesting element, right? So you couldn't be on the run course by what, 11 a.m. or something like that. You had to be off at something like yeah. that, which was understandable. Um, and you couldn't ride on the bike course at all. Couldn't swim on the swim course till what was it, 2 p.m. or something yeah. crazy. Um, so, you know, it added in a factor, a limitation for sure for training um leading into the race but I, I for me it didn't end up being that big of a deal and uh uh right after volunteering i jumped on and did did ride on a lay he just back and forth on there just to stay out of the way and um not go ride any crazy hills or anything that are all surrounding everything but the course so <laughs> um that worked out and uh yeah then uh friday came around huh um how were you feeling uh, on Friday and overall about the race here? Really good. I mean, I thought compared to previous years, I mean, I was adjusted to the time. I mean, I did all the heat training. I felt like I was really prepared for that. So I felt really good going into, into the race. Yeah, we should have done a pre, pre-event pre race, uh, pre-event recording here. So we could have called out what we were going to do and see how close we came to it. But uh <laughs> um yeah yeah i agree i felt pretty good i finally still even felt kind of busy on friday actually um doing everything but uh, uh i was having a few issues with my bike on thursday and felt at it for like at least six hours eight hours i think and that added a little bit of challenge for me um so the bikes felt good and uh you know i was definitely excited and chomping at the bit ready to go but uh um, oh yeah so another line on friday when i was checking in my bike mm -hmm. that line was huge um, yeah that's right so that's really funny um it must have just so, been bad timing must have been really bad timing for you because yeah. uh when i went in we you know so we, we do it as kind of a tradition for the everman jack guys all to enter transition at the same time so there was like 30 of us entering and uh it was cool. I am doing some consulting stuff for Iron Man, and uh, I had a big or a, a video guy follow me around to uh, go through the transitions for this uh, new uh, connected fitness. It's called um, thing that Iron Man's coming out with. So, um, based on the lack of communication and organization <laughs> uh, last week, who knows what the heck that's actually going to end up being? But uh, it was kind of fun uh, having a camera following me around um, as I was going through all that and everything. And uh, um was glad that we got that in because we're supposed to do it the day before and they bailed on it and it was kind of a mess the whole time. So, um, yeah. But then uh, 
I did actually, I floated uh, the night before, so I couldn't get in till four o'clock to the only place in the area that flo that floats are available. And I was kind of concerned about doing that because I always fall asleep and it was like a little bit late to be falling asleep to take a nap and then be able to go to bed early. Um, and I, I didn't sleep perfectly, but I still was able to sleep. And I think it was a, it was a good move to get that in um, and head in fresh to uh, the race day. So, um, yeah. So how was uh, transition and getting ready uh, pre-race for you? Good. I mean, other than that long bike line, it, it wrapped like it went all the way up. Uh, what road is that? Not Kuakini. Oh, I forget the name of that one. But yeah, I mean, it, we we were in line for like an hour. Yeah, that stinks. I can't believe that. That's really crazy. Uh, but race morning, everything was smooth? Yep. So left the house at, what, 4.30? So we were there pretty early. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I already had all my stuff on my bike, so I just had to put fluids in, um, pump the tires up, and yeah, we had a lot of time. But just kind of hung out in the lobby of the uh, hotel, okay. and yeah. And just relaxed and yeah, I didn't have the room this year or we didn't have a, a room That's to go. True. This we definitely <laughs> didn't have a room and uh, that was a bit of a bummer, but uh, uh, that's all right. We still made do um, not too bad, but were you, did you wait in line to get into the swim for a long time? Um, No, because that was the first wave. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. But I mean, like, actually I remember uh, I didn't, I was coming with the guys that I was staying with and they didn't want to leave till 5.15. So we didn't get there till like 5.30. But there was already a dude in the 40 to 44 age group like area sitting there Ready waiting to, go. to start the swim. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, showing up in a, in a transition race morning, I mean, it's kind of like a maze. Like you go around the hotel. All right. There's a bunch of steps you got to do. They check your tattoos to make sure it's on and the number you think can see the number. And yeah, I think in previous years we had to weigh ourselves. We did that the day before. The day before. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, it just felt like we were kind of like corralled like cows. Just go this way, yep. go that way, go this way, go that way. And then, yep. yeah, even like lining up for the swim start, it was kind of like you just kind of have to maneuver around to find find out where to go right yeah totally um all right so you're feeling good uh gun went off so you started uh 25 minutes before me right yep 640 first 640, wave yep. right so after the pros right, first wave and i went off at 705 so um how did the uh the swim go for you Elliot? good kind of so i lined up wide and somewhat to the front in hindsight i kind of wish maybe i started a little further up just so what, i don't what know lane, what lane or what line like how many people back were you uh about six are I don't you know. serious yeah you were that deep <laughs> wow man i'm surprised i didn't realize you i thought you were like maybe second third row tops yeah i should have wow i can't believe that yeah, it, it was just very hectic. Like the first, I would say, twenty minutes were like people were all to the sides of me, the front, the back. So I just really didn't have like any space at all, and kind of like just had to 
stick in my space, keep my line. But it was now I know why it played out the way it did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now you got an excuse now. I didn't realize uh, that. I don't think we had talked about that. Um, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, you just really know where to go. Um, and you're a fast enough swimmer that you definitely should have been up higher. Um, I was, I was pretty amazed that, so when I got in, you know, we had, it was actually 15 minutes between our wave and the previous wave. And actually I talked to some of the, the guys on EMJ that went, uh, on Thursday and, and there was only five minutes in between their waves and apparently, wow. Uh, so that of, did two, not give them enough, like a lot yeah. of time to even get so out there. Two of these EMJ guys were like a hundred yards from the start when the, when the horn went off, they weren't <laughs> even out there yet. So that's not good. No, no. So it's kind of crazy. Um, and they were doing that based on the size of the waves, you know? Um, so I can understand what they were doing there, but they definitely needed to need to fix that next time for sure. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it, it's hard to kind of get in the water because it's kind of very, it's a very narrow, like, shore. So, I mean, only like, I would say eight to 10 athletes at a time can, like, kind of yeah. go down. So, I mean, they really, they have to, like, push people out faster next time. Yeah. Tell them to start swimming. Um, in the middle to the last kind of third of the line for the 40 to 44. And, after those, that story, I was a little bit nervous. So I was like, geez, you know, I didn't have time, but I definitely had plenty of time. And I ended up getting in all the way up to the front row, which I really wasn't even planning to do. Um, but I think that worked out really well. And like, I was amazed, like nobody, like years past, I've definitely had issues with people getting on top of you, like getting bogged down, all kinds of stuff at the start and just being relieved when the race starts. And I had none of that. So um, I can't I wait till I'm in your age group then. Yeah, huh? these nice forty-year-old dudes. No, I got like old, my goggles. I got my goggles ripped off. Um, someone hit my watch, so I didn't have my swim, which didn't really. Oh, matter, was that messed but... up? Yeah. yeah, I I got I hit mine a couple times on people, and I was like, oh crap, it's gonna turn off, isn't it? You know, whatever. And um, I actually stopped a few, or very quickly moved my hand to like readjust the watch because it was getting whacked. Um, but uh, but other than that. Uh, for me, that was, uh, I really think that was probably my best Ironman, regardless Kona swim yet. Like it was just the best I've felt. Um, and I was just uh, quite relaxed, but felt strong and was swimming on feet uh, probably at least 90% of the time. You know, if I was start to lose feet, I'd surge up and be able to get back on them without taxing myself and just felt totally awesome. So um elliot what was your swim time <laughs> an hour and 41 seconds hour and 41 seconds hmm okay i guess i'm gonna have to uh i'm gonna have to double check what what <laughs> mine was here let's bring this up here again um look at those specific details wow one hour and 31 seconds <laughs> no that can't who, be right hey who made that comment they said good job beating elliot out of this out of the water this year <laughs> i i did have somebody comment on that here so yeah so man oh man i really cannot believe that happened i like i was super pumped when i got out of the water i actually like felt the the beep at 4000 and took a quick big pick it off 
pick uh, peek down at my watch and so I had like two and a half minutes to break an hour and I was like, oh, that would be awesome. But um, I didn't go crazy trying to trying to catch that. But, uh, you know, when I saw an hour and change, that's a Kona PR for me um, and uh, just felt really good the whole time doing it. So my kind of moral of the story is, you know, how valuable it is to have somebody look at your stroke and, you know, on a somewhat regular basis. Because it had been a while since I had had somebody take a look at my stroke. And, you know, those little, little tweaks can be so important when swimming and, you know, that body position is just so critical. So, um, you know, just, uh, I'd encourage you to, to get some video or, you know, make sure you're having somebody, uh, taking a, taking a look at your, at your swim form every once in a while. Cause I think that was an absolute game changer for me, uh, for this race and hopefully moving forward here. So if I went to that clinic, I would have swam 55. Yeah. You missed out, man. Should have joined us. No, but I think in general, I mean, I did swim pretty steady and I yeah. felt relaxed and felt pretty good. I mean, I had a, I had a personal best on this course too. That's right. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, it was, and it wasn't like a super calm day, right? It was considered to be a, a choppy day, which is interesting. Um, Carlin, I did talk to her after the race and she said, yeah, that that was definitely a slower swim overall, um, up, you know, five to 10% slower. So, if we had fast conditions, very easily could have could have broken an hour, both of us. But, um, but yeah, I was pumped heading into transition. So, so uh, yeah, already <laughs> ten seconds up on Elliot heading out of the water. Wow, who would have thunk it? I mean, geez. All when I saw smack, my watch, when I saw my time, <laughs> when I saw my time, I'm like, okay, I have five minutes on call. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I mean. Even my goal was you know 63 you know inspecting somewhere in the 63 to 65 no before this before the race you're like man my swimming is not going well i'm i'd yeah. be happy with 115 i didn't say that <laughs> come on come on you know um so yeah that was you know definitely a confidence booster for me for sure um and headed out on the bike feeling uh really good and uh I actually did push the pace a bit in town, trying to find if I could get some some good people to to work with um, on the bike, and um, you know just wanted to establish a decent position, not get caught up with too many people um, as we headed out there. So um, I think the uh, the first few um, the first portion of the bike was definitely um higher and, and probably ultimately my highest power of the day but that was kind of my strategy to do that and um i think i was up normalized was like 265 or something like that for the first 15 20 miles which uh my goal was to be in the 245 to 250 kind of or 255 range most of the day that was kind of my go-to number um so how are you feeling getting on the bike Elliot? Good. And I kind of had a different approach as you, like I, I really wanted to kind of wait to take any kind of risks until at least like hobby area or even on the way back into town, because that's typically where I've really, I mean, I've fallen apart on the spike before pushing it and I just didn't want that to happen. And I wanted to set myself up for a good run. So yeah, it's something I definitely want to get stronger on the bike for next year. I just, it's amazing the quality of cyclists at these types of races. It's just very humbling to me. And yeah, 
yeah, dudes got were flying quite a bit. for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you felt so successful ride. You felt pretty good. And yeah, and I everything think everything went pretty well and stuff. Yeah. And in general, I mean, we kind of went off like my Canada numbers and we I mean, really just targeted that at first. And yeah, it just night and day, com- like comparing races. I mean, Canada, I was pretty much riding alone and pretty like kind of in front. No one really passed me and riding the same numbers in Kona and felt like everyone was catching me. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I mean, also too, I would say, you know, riding the same power as Canada, that, that would be, um, you know, a harder effort, right. And, and more, uh, um, you know, a benefit, I guess, or, or a stronger output than it is for Canada, given the conditions. So, right. Um, but no GI issues stayed on top of nutrition. Like everything went well yep. with the bike. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, I felt steady and strong the entire time. And yeah, I mean, in general, I just don't think I really take, took a lot of risks out there on the bike. I mean, even hobby. I mean, I did ride that a little harder, but I mean, what was I, your, uh, BI for the ride? You know, one point. It's like 1.05. One 1.05. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh good deal. And what was your normalized? 202. Okay. So just over 200, huh? That's what yeah. you wanted, right? Yeah. You're thinking about. So nice. Good deal. Uh did you have any like significant low points on the bike or any like yeah i mean i just remember i remember early on how thirsty i was and i didn't have i had two bottles on me but it was like heavily concentrated like my nutrition so i mean i think the salt water kind of dehydrated me a little bit and i think the first aid station didn't felt like it wasn't for a while like the like 20 miles in or something it could be. I think the first one was a little bit longer. I mean, so in general, they're supposed to be every 15 miles, but I think the first one maybe in even stretched out a little bit more. But so, yeah, I mean, other uh, than that, I mean, once I got the fluids at that first one, um, yeah, felt fine. Um, did not did not think that bike was that windy this year at all. No, it didn't. I mean, I don't know. I th- I felt like there was wind out there, just not not too crazy, and it seemed like the winds were definitely shifted. And, you know, up Javi, typically it's a headwind, and this year it was a tailwind. Um, did you notice that as well? Yeah. No. So I think that did play to our advantage. Yeah. Uh, I, I In previous years, it's been much windier, especially what was what year was that? My first time I did it, 2013, it was... Yeah. I remember it was really windy that year. Yeah. Even when you hit, like, Waikoloa, yeah. it was pretty windy. But yeah, I mean, we hit Waikoloa on Saturday and it was pretty calm. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And how about uh, drafting on the bike? Did you see a lot of drafting out there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I just kind of want to join in. It was tempting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, packs Uh, of like 20 guys. And when on the flats, it's just like, I mean, I don't, I'm not a strong cyclist where I can like, right away from that but it'd be nice to just kind of sit in for a little bit but i don't know i look i want to look at myself at the end of the day and be like i did this fair and square and 
didn't have to cheat my way through this. Totally. But especially at the end of the bike, there were a lot of people just like, you could, I mean, we're tired and they're just literally like a foot away from each other. Yeah. 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 It, I definitely noticed some packs out there and people just not respecting the distance. I mean, I was waiting for you though. I was going to jump on your wheel, but I never yeah, saw you I, out I, there. I, <laughs> That's right. So we still we talked a little bit before the episode here, and um, uh, at some point, either right at the end of the bike or potentially in transition, it seems like it must have been right at the end of the bike. I didn't. Yeah, because I that. swear I would have saw you. Right. It's weird. Um, did see or did pass Elliot? It looks like, but uh, um, neither of us saw each other. So, um, if if we were faking it and didn't want to high five each other, it was mutual, I guess. <laughs> uh but um yeah so um hey or was your bike split up again 512 512 solid yeah yeah um so and so you're feeling good happy with that coming off the bike yeah and i think more importantly i mean i just i felt confident going into the run and i thought i would have the run legs but they just never really came around it's just odd i just I mean, I did. I wanted to run Alihi pretty conservatively, but my conservative effort shouldn't be a seven forty-five, seven thirty. Yeah. Yep. It's just yeah, similar for me here. I mean, so I came in uh, around four fifty-one on the bike. Um, power is kind of right where I wanted to be. I did have, uh, I would say, mile seventy to ninety or so, were a little bit of a struggle for me. That's right. I did drop my chain heading out uh on that initial climb right after javi um which was a bit frustrating probably only cost me a minute or so but uh that happened and then um you know struggle a little bit there um i'm still wondering i did not drink as much scratch as i had planned and i was drinking a lot more water so like fluid lies i was definitely getting in but i wasn't drinking as much uh sport drink as as i had planned so um, but I got off the bike feeling quite good. Legs, legs felt great as I got off and um, had a quick transition and was out on the run with my total time at five hours and 59 minutes, almost flat, I believe. So, um, And your goal was and, sub nine, so you went for it. Yeah, so I thought that sub nine was, was in reach, so uh i said all right let's go so um felt really good you know even actually i I will say on the bike you know there was a tailwind a lot on the way back and prior to that i was thinking that my bike time was going to be over five hours for a bit maybe that's why i had that low from mile 70 to 90 yeah i looked down when would i look down it was like right before Kauai high i looked down and i scrolled through my garmin to see what my average speed was and it was not fast at all no yeah it was kind of scary so i i definitely picked up a lot of time um on that you know and um kept to get the power together pretty good which was cool so uh but then yeah headed on the run um believe the first mile was a 645 somewhere 640 645 which is right about where i wanted to be um so i was feeling feeling pretty good uh at that point was still kind of keeping an eye on my heart rate and 
ultimately I hit kind of where I wanted to cap out my heart rate within those first couple miles, um, which I didn't think was particularly a good sign. You <laughs> know, um, and I will say, uh, I definitely don't feel like I overbiked, but my heart rate just, I think with the heat was a couple of beats higher than it normally is for an Ironman. So I don't know if that contributed as well, but, um, you know, and like I said, the legs felt really good and I was feeling confident heading out on the run and, um, Alehi jive was enjoyable as it always is. Yeah. Um, you know, so many people out there, you got people with the hoses, you know, anybody I saw with a hose, it was hit me, hit me, yeah. you know, give me as much as you can. Um, and so, you know, that, at that point, I was I was still on pace. I was slowing down already a bit, pretty significantly, to try and cool down at the aid stations. And you know that's one kind of criticism, and hard to say criticism because it wasn't their fault. But uh, a lot of people had trouble at the aid stations, especially on the on the but excuse me on the run, with not having cups ready or just kind of overall the lack of volunteers. And more importantly, for those that weren't aware, normally there's an aid station every mile in Hawaii, or if not more, and uh, they had to reduce it to every mile and a half due to a lack of volunteers. So on a course that hot and that challenging, um, you know, and trying to really bring your A game, I think that was a pretty big hit for us. Yeah. But, I mean, in hindsight, we were all aware of it well in advance mm -hmm. and after Agreed. looking at how I felt and how thirsty I was, like, especially like halfway through, I'm like, I wish I had a handheld. I mean, yeah. I, hate, I hate running with bottles, but just the amount of water and like how thirsty I was, like I was chugging water at every aid station and it was not good, but yeah. I, I think I would have felt a lot better if i had a handheld and just i mean i could put ice and water in it and that would have felt tasted so good and i wouldn't have to like chug it because they always tell you don't chug I mean, the moment you feel thirsty it's kind of already too late so it was hard to come back from feeling like yeah. that that's true yeah but uh yeah so got up out of town you know town was great um you got that nice climb on Polani. That's a legit climb, man. There's no doubt about it. You know, yeah. that, that is that is long for, for a run. So I did power walk that for the most part. Tried to stick to my guns on that, which I still, still think was definitely the right move there. But uh, man, did that highway seem long this year. Yes. <laughs> um, <sighs> and also like hillier than I remember. Like it's not hilly, but when you look up like at further up, it's usually like up. And then, so mostly I had, or excuse me, I had um, gain on the way out of town and then a bit of a on down on the way out, uh, down and out. But uh, it was, uh, it was challenging for sure. Yeah. But the wheels started to come off. There was, I was fortunate to have a decent amount of EMJ guys around me and um, found that motivating. I had a lot of crowd support. Um, and actually a couple of the guys that weren't racing ended up going out to, uh, I can't remember what mile markers it was, but uh, pretty far out onto the run course, and it was great to see them, and they were pouring some water on us and stuff like that, which was cool. So, uh, But uh, right before the Energy Lab, actually, I got my nemesis decided to come and get me, and uh, I did have my uh, diaphragm kind of cramp thing that I've had in the past, and uh, 
just can't seem to get away from that guy in Hawaii. So um, that was definitely a bummer. I think, I think honestly, I'd already started slowing down and I think sub three was already out of the picture, but uh, that really kind of, you know, dug the knife in a little bit deeper to uh, that not happening. Um, and I had to slow down a bit and the energy lab was definitely the non-energy lab to say the least. One of these years, I just want to feel good there. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's definitely where there's some real carnage you know you're seeing people puking walking just really hitting the wall um so it's always uh a tough place to be for sure and um you know it's a little tricky the way they have it laid out now i think it used to be easier if you ask me with the original course where it would just kind of go down slightly you do the out and back and then you slightly come up um whereas now you kind of loop around go down then you seem to go out longer and come back and then on the way back up you go through the up, up this extra little hill um that uh i'd sure the heck rather have a little bit more real estate on a Leahy drive than running up that thing yeah and um, i didn't realize they did that because i thought i was just like not thinking straight i'm like this uh, seems uh, like a lot longer this year that we're in the energy lab <laughs> yeah no doubt yeah yeah but uh kept it going barely i uh, again <laughs> want to thank my my teammates uh reynard picard um and uh shoot i always forget alfredo's last name uh but uh alfredo um he uh he was struggling when we first got to him he wanted to be wanted to be done kind of taking his his time um but uh he uh we we got him to agree to uh to join us and we said uh or i'll do it in my my mexican accent for for ray but uh you know he said we're going to do this together you know we <laughs> stick together we we finish we finish like army and we go we do this all together so uh <laughs> that was that was the plan um uh, for us to stick together um alfredo ramirez pino is uh my other friend and teammate that uh, ended up doing the last uh, four to five miles with, um, off and on a little bit. Like I actually stopped at one point was kind of dry heaving on the side of the road and lost them, but I was able to, to catch up to them. And then, um, you know, as town approached, uh, you know, we said, we, we did take our time at the aid stations, but, uh, Ray, you know, then said, you know, we're going to take our time at the finish line. We're really going to enjoy this one. We're going to enjoy it. And so we get to the top of Polani. Um, which is really where you finally start to feel like you're actually done and you, you get a little bit more, uh, energy, you know, and, um, our buddy Dylan was up there, like, who's an, who was an EMJ guy, but also Elliot's friendly with, and he was literally like, I thought he was going to fall over. He was like stumbling so bad. And so we like tried to rally him, but all of a sudden we're headed down Polani and we're doing, I actually, I never looked at my watch, but uh, at least sub seven minute miles, but if not, you know, 630, so, you know, low six miles, just cranking. And, you know, so I'm like, all right, maybe it's the downhill, you know, we're taking advantage of the downhill. And then that pace just continued all the way around to um, even when we got on to Alehi, it was like pretty much just blasting through all the way to the finish line. So. <laughs> It did not have. We did finish all kind of together, but uh, it was not the casual stroll that uh, <laughs> I was 
I was planning on and really wanting to have happen. Um, not that I had really too many, uh, you know, my family there or anything like that to, to stop to say hi to, but, uh, it was, uh, it was harder than I, um, was planning to go that year. Do you think running on the highway would before the race, like doing some training runs on the highway would be beneficial because I just feel like that, that section is just so mentally challenging because you see like so far ahead, you mm-hmm. see how far you have to go. There's not much to look at. I mean, you do see how everyone's struggling. I mean, it can just, it, it is physically challenging, but it's also like just mentally, like really easy to just give up. Oh, totally. I mean, there's so many people dying and such good athletes dying around you that it really <clears throat> makes it easy to to cave, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I said, for me, went for sub nine. That was way out of the question, you know? And it was like, uh, um, I was, I was having a hard time kind of finding the real motivation to, to keep going and pushing, um, through, especially I did, did work through that, uh, my, my side stitch there, my, um, diaphragm kind of challenge, but, uh, it was just mentally, um, I don't think I had my game for that section, but, um, I think you need to have your a plus 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 game. If you're going to be able to uh to execute on that portion this you know yeah. this back back half of the run there yeah so um but you know poor me still ended up with a pr you know and um you know so i did end up uh at uh i'm gonna say uh 919 it was technically 918 but it was like 91859 so yeah, 918 uh so at least i got into teens i'd been in the 920s the last three times i'd been there so um that was nice to have happen um but still at the same time um did not fulfill that lifelong dream of going sub nine on a good condition day so um a little bit disappointed but again left it all out there i went for it and so uh can't be uh can't be too disappointed and, and no regrets with that decision yeah so how about you buddy how'd you finish up uh it's struggling but i think i've been there enough where i'm like that's right we did see each not other gonna do on, any on yeah, the Leahy, right and we, and, no, we well, saw each and, other on uh wait on, did i see you on Leahy? did yeah. i did you wave to me yeah i think i think it was kind of late and oh. i was like oh yeah yeah i did um, see you in the energy lab mm-hmm but Both at yeah, our I was, I was struggling, but yeah, I mean, I only walked eight stations and puked once in the energy lab and yeah, just struggling, but just tried to keep the legs moving. Yeah. That's smart. It's good. Yep. Yeah. I believe it was Chris Bayou. One of my clients was coming out on the queen K when I was coming in. And like I was over towards the right side of the road and normally I would definitely make an effort to come over to be able to get a high five. And he kind of, uh, queued up to that. And I was just kind of like, Ugh. and like, but I was a good, <laughs> good five, 10 feet, you know, wide of him. So, uh, I didn't make it over to do the high five, but, uh, <laughs> not definitely not at the level of you and Ironman Canada, but, uh, uh, you know, still won't live that one down. <laughs> Uh, so yeah and then but it was cool we saw each other pretty quickly after the race yeah 
um, got to hang out. Um, I made the very wise decision of trying to eat pizza that my stomach rejected. And I started vomiting and continued to vomit and continued to vomit and puke bile and um, ended up in the med tent. So after and I saw you, you tried to eat and you ended up in medical worse. after. <laughs> yeah, right. So eventually made it over. And I'm usually reluctant to go to med tent, especially in Hawaii, because I remember a few years ago, I was I felt like I think I was even in worse shape than I was this year. And they refused to give me an IV. Um, so I was like, ah, what's the point? But, uh, I did go over there and I threw up pretty good inside there. So they were like, all right, we'll give you an IV. So I ended up getting two bags of IV and man, did I feel better? Uh, once that started kicking in, uh, I wish I got that. <laughs> all right. So I ended up in medical right after, like I got, yeah, they you put you me in medical right. In. right at, yeah. <laughs> That's right. But you weren't in there that long, huh? No. I mean, I, I snapped out of it really quick, and I mean, I wasn't feeling that great, but I'm like, I just, I know my family was waiting for me, right, and that's true. didn't want to yeah. hang out in there, and they just kind of left me, let me leave after a while. I'm like, I feel fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, another one in the books here, huh? You ready to do another one? Not in Hawaii. Still not feeling, feeling Hawaii. I'll, I'll admit too. I mean, you know, my kind of tentative or really stretch goal was was hoping to get on the the podium or top five in my age group. And even if I went sub nine, it wouldn't have done it. You know, so um, it's uh, man. There's just some fast dudes out there. And I mean, I think both the uh, at least first and second in my age group are former pros. Um, you know, it's just some of the. The level of effort, even, you know, some of the EMJ guys were out there, you know, two plus weeks before the race. Um, you know, there was just some really good concentration and effort on Hawaii, um, you know, and so it was it was tough to to be able to compete with those guys. And they're just on another level, another level at this point for me here. So. It's always humbling Which, racing there. Always humbling, no doubt. You know, and always miserable. <laughs> but the week, the week around it makes up for it. Got to hang out with my man for a while. Uh, got some good grub. Becca moved up another notch in my book. Uh, she is quite the cook, and uh, you're a lucky man for uh, the catering you get and uh, how uh, what nice care she was taking of you here, buddy. <laughs> yeah i'm looking right. at your age group so looks like you were fourth american in your age group yeah it's, it's amazing to me how many international people there are at these races yeah fast yeah. international people yeah i think david morris who's an emj guy was the fastest american and he was only what like seven or eight minutes ahead of me uh i think he did nine thirteen. so I'm hoping I still get pretty good points for this and still can end up being ranked number one in, in the USAT rankings, but uh, we shall see. I think you got it because he did St. George too. He, he didn't do St. George. Yeah. yeah so I probably get uh have two bigger point races, but um, we'll see. See what we get for Timberman too. But So um, what was your, what's been your fastest run in Hawaii? 
to date? I think it's 307 or 308. Okay. Yeah. Still, you know, so yeah, so that's right. So I ran 320. Definitely not happy with that one. But uh, I mean, do you think because of the calmer bike, the run was harder? I mean, what what do you think? I do. I mean, I think it was, there's no doubt it was hot uh, on Saturday. And I don't remember just, I mean, I, in the past, I mean, I did definitely didn't walk as many aid stations. Yeah. I I definitely needed. I'm wondering if, yeah, how much were not you know the the fact that the eight stations every mile and a half how much that really impacted things you know and um just not being able to get in as much of the fluids and things um if you didn't like i didn't carry a bottle either and you got me thinking about that here too i I mean in hindsight i mean would you have ran with a bottle thinking yeah hand handheld may not have been a bad idea yeah um but uh I, mean, I can't tell you. I can't tell you the last time I have ran with a handheld, but I could have definitely used that quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. I remember actually one aid station on the highway. There were empty cups, no ice, and like right. they we were like slowly yeah. filling the water up. So oh, I kind of like no water, no water it. when I got yeah. there, and we we're just like, yeah, we don't have any water, and that was not cool. <laughs> that and really it was stunk. a it was a heavily used aid station because they yeah. were they were going they're giving aid both ways so yeah. i saw yeah, that dude, was i saw a dude pouring gatorade on himself at that point <laughs> did you ever dunk your head in one of those trash bins i didn't actually i probably should have um i probably should have yeah um but uh oh well yeah, I think there was, and actually, they did give us a towel in transition, right? Yeah. And um, I think I should have, um, I'm almost tempted if I, yeah, you know, I shouldn't say if I go back, but uh, to go with a with a visor and do a towel like that and to keep dunking yourself, that really is, I think, an effective way to keep your head cool. Yeah. Because um, I just, a- I tried everything, and I mean, I even had a hat that you could put ice in and yeah i just cannot cool myself off it felt like and yeah just Bacon. felt thirsty yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah so this is maybe some lessons for folks that are getting ready to go back uh do it again or um get in the action next week but to that for next year good segue here um did you see or hear that already in the the local newspapers in Hawaii, they've said that they are reevaluating whether they're going to allow a two-day event uh, next year. Yeah, I, th- I heard, it might have been the mayor saying that the two-day thing just didn't really work out that well yeah. with the locals. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that will put Iron Man in a heck of a spot here um, <laughs> where I don't know what they'll do if they got, you know, uh, you know, I they're going to have to pull back, the, or well, I I don't see how they could pull back the slots they've already given away in Chattanooga and stuff like that for the females. But I would assume that the <clears throat> hundred extra slots, in some of these races, they'd have to pull those. Yeah, um, or in just the chaos you saw at the airport. I mean, people weren't planes couldn't get all the bikes on the on board, yeah, so I mean, um, people were getting their bikes back late. Delayed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 
to me, it didn't really make much of a difference. You know, we're going to be bombarding the town all week either way. So, um, you know, I think that uh, I guess I did actually hear that there was enough volunteers where they could have had more aid station on Saturday, but they wanted to keep it fair between Thursday and Saturday, which does make sense. Um, so they reduced the number on there. But, um, you know, that's where I think they need to do something to ensure they've got enough volunteers. And I think that either providing athletes with a discount or, you know, um, some kind of credit for chipping in and volunteering. Um, I mean, even somebody I was talking to when I was volunteering saying like, give out four or five Kona slots in a lottery to everybody that volunteers, you know, and I bet you get a ton of people to do things that way. So I think, I think it's a real miss on their part to have had to have altered the world championships because they couldn't get enough volunteers or then ultimately they weren't cheap enough. They were cheap enough, too cheap to, to pay people to um, fix, fix a problem that they had. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, we're penny, we're spending, I mean, our general entries, $1,400 for this race. I mean, accommodations were just absurd this year. It's really yeah. hard to find someplace just in general. And then if you did find someplace, it was just really expensive. I mean, if I didn't go with my family, I don't, think i would have been able to afford this trip yeah i hear you um i think i lucked out pretty well with the accommodations and yeah emj had a had a really good setup for us but um agreed you know that's that's tough so um maybe we'll hold off on next year huh buddy see how it plays out (laughs) we're still young that's true that's true yeah so uh cool and then i guess quickly i mean we we touched on the female race the women the men's race was just absolutely absurd i mean we got what kind of we expected really i mean you know uh gustav eden winning it you know just absolutely shattering the course uh i mean it was i did actually listen to uh his breakfast with bob post race and he was saying how they were starting to to get a little bit nervous um you know because sam Lalo was still out in front you know um with less than six miles to go right i think so in the 20s he had the lead and i mean huge credit to him uh he threw down i mean he was still less than two minutes away you know uh what so that he got he just did 742 or something like that absurd you know they shattered the course record top 10 were all sub eight when only four people had ever done that before it's just crazy i mean racing at the pro level is just at another level now and uh it's exciting yeah. you know and um you know certainly uh didn't pick a uh perfect prediction there to say the least on the on who is going to win and stuff like that um you know it was was uh, in a way nice to see that uh you know christian wasn't able to hold off and sam you know held on a second you know and um that was that was cool um but uh you know, some of the heavy hitters just weren't there, you yeah. know, uh, or up in, in the real mix, a chance to win. So, um, I think that was interesting. I but, thought Sebastian uh, had a great race. Sebastian, you'd have to say is the MVP, um, yeah. and really threw down and it's got me wondering now, is he going to, uh, change his decision on retirement if he's going to race that well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, good for him. That was cool. Um, so if you went that... sub nine on Saturday, would you, would you say you're done with Hawaii just forever or 
I'm pretty sure I would I would be okay with that. I don't know. I mean, I think I think it would be fun to just go over there and spectate, really, you know, kind of coach and just hang out and have fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I would not be opposed to going this. So, but um, I don't know. I mean, it it always changes with time, but uh, my motivation to get back to the island isn't isn't super high right now, even though I didn't hit my goal there. Yep, we talked right after the race, and you're like, I don't know if I ever want to come back here. Yeah. I was sticking by that at this point. That it's not, you know, still love Ironman and long course and want to hopefully continue those. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case for me. I still haven't signed up for any races for next year yet and uh, need to uh, work that out with the wife and the family here of what's going to make sense for us. But uh, um, definitely looking forward to racing, you know, 70.3s at, at minimum here. Yeah. So I'm just glad uh, my season has finally come to an end did a yeah. lot of racing this year <laughs> you sure did do a lot of racing here so yeah maybe we could do another kind of recap and kind of some things that people can think about um with their their end of the season and then kind of going into next season but uh yeah well done man uh you stayed healthy and did a boatload of racing <laughs> yeah uh, that's good so cool well i think that just about does it for our kona edition here huh yep Always a good time. Uh, Always a good time, except late in the run. Except in the race itself. <laughs> but the swim uh, was good, and the bike was good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no doubt. I mean, it was... Uh... I think the hardest part I have with it is, like, I feel like my run is my strength, and so is yours. And just struggling on that component makes me want to come back every time, because I just want to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is one way to look. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when you... I mean, and you've proven yourself at other well. races. I mean, right. you've you've hit a sub-three-hour marathon at other races, but just yeah, racing, just racing in that... My belt, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that is, uh, that is a bummer. Um, but, hey, it is, it is what it is here. Yeah. So... Um, so that was Kona number four for you, correct? Yep. And that was five for you. Uh, six for me. Six. Yeah. All right. Stop going there so I can catch up. And uh, uh, I need to. I need to get under nine thirty one of these days. That would be good. Um. Uh, no doubt. But uh, do want to give a shout out. So I probably most proud of the fact that we had fourteen folks there from peak or Northeast multi-sport and every one of them finished, which is pretty cool. And I think at any Ironman, when you have that many people, something can go wrong. Um, but uh, shout out to uh, Jim Harris, Norman Kim, Eric Anderson, Patrick Deed, uh, Attila Maritai, Matt Nussbaum, probably the MVP as far as performance. He crushed it in his first one, 932 in his first uh, world championship. Bonnie uh, Rashot, um, Craig Stoller, Andrew Killinger, Hans Larson, Chris Fayou, Elliot, of course, and also Coach Eric uh, Delasanta all uh, got the job done there. And uh, really fun hanging out with everybody and having so many people there. Um, it was it was really cool. Yeah. So, all right. Well, with that, uh, appreciate everybody. We'll close this one out with a mahalo. It's mahalo, dude.
Ah, uh, not not to us locals. I mean, no, it is uh... it is mahalo. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right, dude. All right. Mahalo. Mahalo, everyone. <laughs>